Bakersoft Story Classic, bringing to you recordings of old storybooks. Mildred Keat, Episode 3 Now, said Mildred, taking up her sewing again, I must work fast to make up for lost time, for I've set my heart on finishing this dress of Ada's today. The words had scarcely left her lips when there came a loud crash and scream from the hall, followed by a sound of tumbling and rolling. Up sprang mother, aunt, and sister, scattering scissors, thimbles, and work, and rushed toward the scene of commotion. They found the stairs and fan, who sat weeping halfway up, drenched with water while at the foot were scattered fragments of a large pitcher. Cyril lying among them half stunned and with the blood streaming from a cut in his head. Don gazing down upon him from the landing and adding his might to the confusion by screaming. Oh, 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 he's deaded, he's deaded. No, he ain't, said Cyril, slowly getting on his feet Mother, I didn't mean to. Please don't let Millie scold us young ones. Oh, stop this quick, putting his hand to his head. Yes, Sonny, as soon as possible, said Mrs. Keith, taking his head in her hands and holding the lips of the wound together. A basin of cold water, Millie, quick. And Aunt, there is sticking plaster in the work table drawer. Hush, Don, don't cry any more. Fan, Cyril isn't much hurt, and Mother will soon make it all right. Her orders were promptly obeyed, the wound skillfully dressed, Fan's wet clothes changed, and then inquiry was made as to how it had all happened. Why, why, said Cyril, you see Fan wanted to wash her hands, cause she'd been digging in her garden, and they was all dirty, and there wasn't any water in the pitcher, and we brung it down and got it full, and I was carrying it up, and my foot tripped. And I fell down with it and knocked Fan over, cause she was behind me, and I couldn't help it, could I, Don? No, you couldn't help it, assented Don, and Fan couldn't too. And he's got a bad hurt on his head, put in Fan pityingly. Yes, he's punished enough, I think, said the mother, caressing him. His intentions seem to have been good, but next time you want water, dears, come and tell mother or sister Millie. There, the morning's gone, said Mildred, as bells and whistles began their usual announcement. A full hour of it wasted, too, by the pranks of those children. I hope they finished up the business for today. Vain hope. Inactivity was impossible to those restless young ones. Their surplus energy must be worked off in some way. They had not been heard from for two hours, and Mrs. Keith had just remarked that she feared it must be some mischief that was he keeping them so quiet, when shrieks and wails from three infantile voices coming from the second story appealed strongly to the compassion of their relatives in the sitting room. The call for help was responded to as promptly as on the previous occasion. Mother, aunt, and sister flew to the rescue, and on entering the room whence the sounds proceeded, found Fan locked in the wardrobe, and the two boys seated in the lower drawer of the bureau, which their weight had caused to tip so far forward that they could not get out without assistance. 
A chair standing so near as to prevent the bureau from falling entirely to the floor had probably saved them from a serious accident. But there they were, bent nearly double, legs dangling, vociferous screams issuing from their throats. It was the work of a moment for the laughing mother and aunt to lift up the bureau and release the two boys, while Mildred sprang to the wardrobe, unlocked it, and took the sobbing fan in her arms. You poor dear, who fastened you in there? Cyril did. He said I stealed and must go to jail, and, and I was fade it would just tumble over. It shakes so when I try to dead out. The naughty boy, cried Mildred, flashing an indignant glance at him, as he and Don crept from the drawer, straightened themselves, and stood up looking very much abashed and ill at ease. Mother, I do think Cyril ought to be punished. I didn't hurt her, he muttered, hanging his head, and I was going to let her out for long, and we didn't mean to tumble the bureau over him, did we, Don? No, it just went yet over its own self, chimed in the little brother. Please, Mama, we's doing to be dode boys now. You might have been very much hurt if the chair had not been where it was, she said, composing her features and speaking with becoming gravity. I am very thankful for your escape, and you must never do such things again. Especially never lock each other into a wardrobe or closet, she added, sitting down drawing Van to her side and caressing her tenderly, while Miss Stanhope and Mildred restored the contents of the bureau drawers, which the boys had unceremoniously tossed upon the carpet. "'Why, mother?' queried the self-constituted jailer. "'Because it is very dangerous. Your little sister might have been frightened into a fit or have died for want of air to breathe.' Cyril's eyes dilated, then filled with tears as he seemed to see the little sister he loved so dearly lying before him white and cold and dead. I won't ever, ever do it again, he said tremulously. No, you must be Fan's big, brave brother that she can trust to take care of her and shield her from harm. I don't believe my Cyril would be such a mean coward as to hurt a little girl or anything smaller or weaker than himself, except for that naughty didn't didn't think. But I didn't hurt her, mother. Yes, my son, you hurt her feelings very much. He considered a moment. Yes, I suppose that's so, he said slowly. Fan, I'll tell you, I'm real sorry, and you may be jeller now and lock me up in that wardrobe. No, no, there must be no more such doings, quickly interposed Mama. Guess I wouldn't do such things, said Fan, wiping away her tears with her chubby little hand. What a room, said Mildred, shutting the last bureau drawer and turning to look about her. Every chair out of place and turned on its side. The bed all tumbled and bits of paper scattered over the carpet. Pick them up, children, and try to keep out of mischief for the rest of the day. I must go back to my sewing, Mrs. Keith said, following her aunt who had already left the room. Mildred stayed behind to assist in setting it to rights. You naughty children! Really, I could almost enjoy spanking you all around, she exclaimed directly as she came upon the fragments of a delicate china vase belonging to herself and a valued letter from a friend torn into bits. Milly said Cyril solemnly, suppose we should get deaded some day, wouldn't you be sorry? Suppose I should get deaded, she retorted, wouldn't you be sorry for spoiling my pretty things? She was ashamed of her outburst. 
nevertheless, and the child's words haunted her all the afternoon. It was evening. Two candles burned on the sitting-room table, and beside it sat Mildred and her mother, still busily plying their needles. The rest of the family were in bed, and Miss Stanhope and the seamstress had gone to their own homes hours ago. "'My child, put up your work for tonight,' said Mrs. Keith. "'You are looking weary and depressed, and no wonder, for you have had a hard day.' "'A busy day, mother, but not so hard as yours, because I have had a walk in the fresh air, while you have been stitch stitching from early morning till now.' And if you don't forbid it, I shall sit up and work as long as you do. I consider it one of the eldest daughter's privileges to share her mother's burdens. My dear girl, you are a comfort to me. I thank God for you every day, the mother said, looking at her with dewy eyes and a beautiful smile. But because you are young and growing, you need more rest and sleep than I do. So go, daughter, and never mind leaving me. "'Mayn't I stay a little longer?' pleaded the girl. "'I want one of our nice, confidential talks. "'Oh, mother, I am so disgusted with myself. "'I was very angry with Cyril and Don today "'when I found they'd broken that vase I valued so "'because you gave it to me as a birthday present, "'and it was so pretty, too, "'and torn up that sweet letter dear Miss Gray "'wrote me just before she died. "'Indeed, I didn't know they had done such damage.' "'And I am very sorry for your loss, dear. "'Yes, mother, I knew you would be. "'My loss of temper, though, was worse than all. "'I do wish I knew how you contrive always to be so patient.' "'I'm afraid it's very often all on the outside,' the mother answered with a slight smile. "'But I find it a great help in bearing patiently with the little everyday worries "'to think of them as sent or permitted by my best friend, "'one who never makes a mistake for my growth in grace.' For you know we grow strong by resistance. Well, mother, I am constantly resolving that I will not give way to my temper, and yet I keep on doing so, and I grow so discouraged and so disgusted with myself. What shall I do? My child, watch and pray. Our sufficiency is of God. He is our strength. And do not look at yourself. Try to forget self altogether in looking unto Jesus. Get your mind and heart full of His lovely image so full that there will be no room in it for aught else, and thus shall you grow into his likeness. Mildred's eyes shone as she looked up into her mother's earnest face. I'm sure that must be the way, she said low and feelingly, and I will try it, for I do long to be like him. Mother, for he is indeed to me the chiefest among ten thousand and the one altogether lovely. Oh, how good he is to me! ejaculated the mother, glad tears shining in her eyes. That you might learn thus to know and love him has been the burden of my prayer for you, for each of my dear children, since they first saw the light. They worked on in silence for some minutes. Then Mildred, seeing a smile playing about her mother's lips, asked, What was the thought that provoked it? A reminisce of some of your infantile pranks, her mother answered, laughing, you should be forbearing with your little brother and sisters, for you were fully as mischievous as they are. Before you could walk, I caught you one day seated in the middle of the table set for tea, your hand in the sugar bowl, your mouth full, and your face well besmeared. 
You were a great climber, and it was difficult to keep you anything out of your way, and as soon as Rupert could creep, he followed you into danger and mischief, pulling things about, breaking, tearing, cutting, climbing fences and trees, and even getting out of windows onto roofs. Besides, you had a perfect mania for tasting everything that could possibly be eaten or drunk, soap, candles, camphor, lye, medicines, whatever you could lay your hands on, till I was in constant fear for your lives. You poor dear mother, what a time you must have had with us, exclaimed the girl. We can never hope to repay you for your patient love and care. My child, I have always felt that my darlings paid for their trouble as they went along. Their love has always been so sweet to me, Mrs. Keith answered cheerily. And I cannot tell you how much I enjoy the sweet society and confidence of my eldest daughter. The knowledge that she has no secrets from me. I have not, indeed, Mildred said heartily, as why should I, knowing as I do that my mother is my best and wisest, best earthly friend. Then recalling the events of the morning, she gave a laughing account of her interview with Spencer Hall. If I could contemplate the possibility of leaving you behind, it would certainly not be in his care, her mother said, joining in her merriment, and I am glad you have sense enough not to fancy him. Truly I do not in the least, though many of the girls consider him a great catch, because of his father's wealth, said Mildred. But really I don't believe he meant anything, and I felt like showing him that I understood that very well, and resented his trifling, and wouldn't have been much better pleased if he had been in earnest. Thank you for listening to another episode of Acresoft Story Classic. <laughs>